Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We're going to put it to Lee, the football aficionado, whether he's going to take the bet or not. Thursday, Montreal at Winnipeg. The Blue Bombers are favored by 11.5 points. Are you taking the bet? Yes, I would take You're going to kill Montreal? Yeah. Late Saturday, second game of the doubleheader. It is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders at the Edmonton Elks. Riders favored by six. How are we feeling about that? Yeah, I would would absolutely take the Riders. You're taking the bets on all of them? This is the Rod Peterson Show. It is. It is. It's hour two of your favorite sports talk show. The number one daytime sports talk show on the continent. I... I think it's the only one, isn't it, Lee? It is. Yeah, so number one, number one, coming at you from Roger's place. And I said to Lee in the break, before we came in here for hour two, Lee Genier is with us, our COO of the RP Show Corp, but uh, also the co-host here today and the award-winning sports executive. That must feel good every time I say that. Yeah. Eh? You know what? It's just uh, been a beautiful career. Yes, it has. It has been a beautiful career. I said to Lee, as they started the music in here now, why not, right? Why not? It's game day. Coming up in one hour's time, it's Cheshire versus Finland. Here at the World Junior Hockey Championship, it's day three. And Canada won their opener yesterday 5-2. But I said to Lee, what we're going to do here is what I always wanted to do with this show when we started. And that is the view, but for sports fans. And what's even better is we invite you into the discussion, our viewers. Which reminds me, you can text the show now, 902 518-3033 in all caps world juniors to be entered to win a pair of tickets to the quarterfinals and the medal games here at the world juniors do it now and i'll tell our staff get ready when you open the phone it's been a flood of viewers but i was saying the hatred between calgary and edmonton i get a kick out of it for a long time i was a part of the regina saskatoon and the regina calgary i was a part of it now and what we're doing and you know business that's your thing we're trying to be friends with everybody and it's yeah. working well yeah, absolutely. We're not centric to anyone. No, state. no. We are global. Right. So from our viewers, this is funny. They've all kind of chimed in on that because we're trying to take our show everywhere. And with regards to topics, and Bryn Griffiths was with us last hour, his Outsiders podcast, which is very popular, says when he talks football, the numbers go down. When he talks hockey, the numbers go up. That hasn't always necessarily been the case, but that's the way the numbers are now in this country. That should scare the bejeepers out of the CFL. Jeff the Stamps fan says Rod is giving way too many props to Edmonton today. Don't forget your Calgary heritage. That's from Jeff the Stamps fan. C. Walker in Winnipeg says, I guess we just want to talk football in Winnipeg because who would you rather talk about? The Bombers or the Jets? Tonight, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers look to go to 10-0 for the first time since 1960. And we can talk about that a lot too on in this, and we will. Wayne in BC says, hey, Rod, is that for any football, such as NFL, or do the numbers go down only for CFL talk? You'd have to ask Bryn. Just telling you what he said. Jennifer from the Four Seasons says, it's Edmonton's turn. We had well over five weeks of Calgary. That's right. We're trying to spread the love around. It was 17 weeks of Calgary, actually. And one more, Randy from Winnipeg says, doesn't matter where you are, Rod, Regina, Florida, Calgary, Edmonton, always a good show. 
I like all the different locations, as do we. And James in Border, Manitoba says 30,000 on a Thursday night. I don't remember the blue and gold ever breaking 30,000 on a Thursday. So now we're getting into it. This is what I wanted to share with you. Less, just under 3,000 here yesterday. What are we hearing? The weather's good, or too good to be inside. The Hockey Canada scandal they're dealing with. Winnipeg's not going to have any of those excuses tonight. No, they're going to be 30,000 or more tonight. What have so, they done? Well, they've won. They've embraced the community, and they've, you know, back-to-back Grey Cup champs. They're going looking, going 10-0 since 1960. I mean, they have a great football So is program. it just winning? Well, then Calgary would sell out every game. You know what? It's, uh, you know, maybe Calgary had its run. You know, it, now it's Winnipeg. As you know, it's, it has shifted, as you know. It's, I look at crowds across the CFL, and, um, you know, there is no disputing. It's not picking on the CFL. I love to see the story, what's happening in Winnipeg with a almost sold-out stadium on a Thursday night. That is a good story. And so I think everybody across the league can look at that and say, okay, what are they doing? Let's replicate what they're doing, right? Because it's not that hard to you figure can, out. You can get into Rogers' place for this tournament for as low as $40 and sit in the upper level and watch Canada. So for anybody across Alberta, I ran into a lot of people from the Queen City yesterday here. Uh, by name, Darwin Wag, Trent Fraser. There was a lot of people that made the trek from one province over to come watch the hockey. So you're either going to come or you don't. But the one thing that I've realized here in Canada is they may not be buying tickets for whatever their reasons are. They're watching on TV, Lee, and I'll be interested yeah. to see what the ratings are. And by the way, Edmonton, the place to be Saturday, Canada takes on Finland. I think it's at four. And then it's Riders Elk Saturday night at eight. And I'm going to be at both games. I know not everybody can afford to go, and that's fine. But this is where the CFL needs. They're battling a lot of things that I don't think they want to look in there. Nobody wants to look at themselves. And once you do, that's when change happens, positive change. But nobody wants to look at themselves. And let me pause for a second and pat myself on the back for a second here. Tell the viewers who the guest was that came through here last hour while we were on the air, and you couldn't bring him around the curtain. Anthony LeBlanc. VP of Business Operations of the Ottawa Senators. I'm just somewhat tickled. Former owner of the Arizona Coyotes and the Atlantic Schooners. And he just happened to be roaming around. The, like, I don't understand what the... I didn't even see him. I saw some people milling about over here. But how, do, how did that conversation go? Well, he was looking to come talk to you. And I said, well, he's on the air right now. And he was looking for... I said, you can wait for a commercial break. But he had to run. And he said he'll be back before the end of the show, and he really wanted to come. Well, we might end up throwing on the air here Anthony LeBlanc of the Ottawa Senators uh, front office before we go off the air today. We are going to be joined, I know this for a fact, by Landon Slaggart of Team USA, which is another thing. This World Junior Committee is bringing people by. Rod, who do you want? What do you want? I said, I'll take Mike Dick because he's a buddy of mine. And they said, well, we'll get somebody from Team USA. And it's a game day. We'll do it anyways. The CFL has a major credibility problem, which I'm going to say this. People aren't going to like it. I don't care. When you were in the league, and when I was, I was in the league, the heyday was the 2000s, right? The ratings were rivaling the NHL. They were tied with the NHL in this country and beating the National Football League, and the stadiums were full. You can say whatever you want about Mark Cohan, and people do. People talk crap all the time. That's people. I love them. Everybody knows that. And people say, oh, you're just in love with your buddies, Kohan and Hobson. Yeah, these guys got stuff done. 
You were in the league at the same time. Kohan, yeah. I feel like, was more than just a figurehead. People say, oh, he didn't do anything. He just walked around and looked good and shook hands. And what's wrong with that? Things happened. Right. And now, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. Because I don't know how many times Clark's asked to get Randy Ambrosie on this show, the commissioner. And he's been on, but he hasn't been on for a long time. When they announced Touchdown Atlantic... The insiders came out of that news conference, Dave Naylor being one from TSN, saying, oh, this seems like more than just a game. This sounds like they're going to be getting a team in Halifax. And then they go and play the game, and Gary Drummond, the owner of this fantasy football team called the Atlantic Schooner, says we're not even going to participate because we haven't had any substantive talks about having a team. They started hiring staff in 2017. I know you guys just stamped the rant thing, but I'm, I'm kind of getting tired of ranting about this. I don't even really want to talk about it. Anthony LeBlanc jumped off the ship, and he was one of the owners over there, too, and he, now he's with the Senators. So my thing is, and we can get into Bettman, too. I mean, you don't, I don't know where you are on Bettman, but he took salaries from 200000 a year to $2 million a year on average. Like, whether you like the guy or not, it's about raising revenue. What's Ambrosi done? Yeah, well, I mean, you look at, it, okay, here's a perfect example. Is How long has Gary Bettman been commissioner? 1993. Right. So... He's doing something right. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like him, and he gets booed, but he gets shit done. He, he said it. How about that? Well, but... You know what? I don't Did even they... know where I was going with that. Other than, does the NHL have a... Now, it's reminding me what I wanted to talk about. Because Nick Lewis and I have had this discussion. He's like raising the Canadian ratio and all these things. He's like, no, no, the quality of football is going to go down. I'm like, Nick, they don't care. The best era, the for me, the NHL was the 1980s. 21 teams. It was just enough teams, but the talent level was very high, and there were no Europeans. Not that I have anything wrong with Europeans, but there weren't any. They were rare. Um, but whatever, now we have 32 teams, and the quality of play has gone down to here. But the average person doesn't know that. No, no, they don't know that. I mean, they look at wins and losses. So the owners don't care about quality of play per se. They just don't. Well, I mean, the game has changed so much over the years. We're talking football or hockey? We're talking hockey. Okay. Yeah, when we're talking hockey, you you talk about how the trap. I, You know what? I still think it's entertaining hockey. Uh, sure, it has maybe changed. Or, you know, that might be a perception issue of, you know, what is the level of hockey for sure, but. You know, it's you know it, it had a banner year this year. Like hockey had a banner year. So, um, you know, you look at some of the other teams, um, other leagues, and they've struggled. And the NHL had remained strong and had uh, a record year. So, numbers speak for themselves. There's no magic formula per se because it's not just about winning or McMahon Stadium would be filled or the Argos have won Grey Cups and they wouldn't be a joke attendance wise it's not just that and I don't know what the answer is I mean I, I, I'm glad it's not my job to figure it out Ted in Red Deer says Soccer Canada filled Commonwealth in the winter yeah, 55,000 people and Hockey Canada is having trouble filling an arena in the summertime it ain't the weather in my opinion uh, C. Walker says Kohan was a good commissioner. Well, obviously, C. Walker says winning and a team that is very likable. He's talking about the Bombers, and he says in brackets, Willie Jefferson and Yoshi Hardrick, which, by the way, both Rough Riders in my time. And they allowed the, it's 11-11 Mountain, by the way. They allowed them in Saskatchewan to get away. 
I was on this podcast out of Calgary last week, which incidentally is called the Rider Nation podcast, and they said, uh, why can't we have a guy like Dalton Schoen? And why did we ever let Willie Jefferson get away? I said, because the Riders lowballed him. Uh, Nick McConnell says, 100% Roddy. So, you kind of had an idea. You filled the stadium and won championships, so you know what the winning formula is. Why don't you tell, enlighten us, Lee, what yeah, it takes. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's not an, you know, it's not rocket science. It's, <laughs> it's about being out in the community. It's about being a face of an organization, and it wasn't just in football. But, you know what, is you have to be out there. You have to be uh, in front of the fans, making connections. You can't be above anything, you know, and just creating... Uh, that winning experience off the field as well. So, I mean, I'll say, and I've said it before, is uh, uh, any stadium without a fan is just an empty stadium. So a team's got to understand that the uh, their fans are the lifeblood. So, you know what, is um, as we, you know, as, as any team moves forward, that's what it's going to look like is getting out there. I know Victor Kui, you know, he came out of the gate, you know, gate swinging. He was at everything was making a big impact and you know what every president owner in this league in the cfl or any team should take note of you know what you have to do to keep your team current and on top of things one last uh, comment from a viewer jack in vulcan alberta says randy ambrosi wants to be nice and be liked that's the problem you said it rod gary bettman isn't liked i don't like him but he has championed the nhl to elite levels enough said Speaking of champions, Landon Slaggart is here, our next guest from Team USA. So, Lee, I'll see you back here in a little while. Absolutely. A note to our control room in Toronto. We're going to a break a little earlier than scheduled because our next guest is here. We don't want to keep the man waiting. Landon Slaggart from Team USA on a game day. We'll be right back to Rogers Place in the 2022 World Juniors right after this timeout on the Game Plus television network. And we're also live streaming on YouTube and 24-hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Game day at Rogers Place. They all are. The action they get uh, gets going at Noon Mountain with Cheshire up against Finland. By the way, we're brought to you in part by Edo Japan with freshly made food and high-quality ingredients. Edo Japan is food you can feel good about. Well, I've just got this guy's story in the break here. Landon Slagger joins us from Team USA from South Bend, Indiana, and he's got one heck of a story. I'll say welcome to the RP Show, Landon. How are you? Doing well. How about yourself? Really? Are you... What do you think? I'm in a rink on game day. Couldn't be better, just like you. No kidding. Um, you slide right up to that microphone, Landon. So, <clears throat> on a game day, you guys are going, what is it tonight? 8 p.m. Mountain against Switzerland. What's your day been like? Take me through your schedule. Yeah, you know, we got up, uh, had breakfast, came over to the rink, got a nice stretch in, and now it's just kind of the waiting game. You know, you got to fill your time. Everyone's a little different, just preparing. You know, visualizing, we got... Uh, Lots of TV shows to be watched, some movies. So I, I've got on uh, Suits right now. You guys got better. What season? What season? See, already on season three. So okay. I, I started on one. I've been ripping through. So lots of free time on our hands. It but, gets wild, man. Yeah. It gets wild. Hey, i got to ask you, what is it like? He's one of four returnees from the gold medal winning team from 
two years ago now. It feels like uh, ages ago. What's it feel like to come into Canada and win? Lay it on me. What's it feel like? Yeah, it's pretty special. I mean, yeah. the rivalry is just historic and legendary. You know, growing up, all those all those big games, you know, it's uh, something you dream of when you're little. You know, simulate playing mini stick in the basement, just uh, USA Canada. So it was an uh, experience I'll never forget and just a special team. Let's just, for, I'm sorry for being jumping all over the place. I'm just excited <laughs> to talk to you. Tell the viewers your story because it's a pretty cool story. Hometown kid. University of Notre Dame. Let's talk about that if you don't mind. And your dad's involvement and all the rest. Yeah, so I grew up in South Bend. My dad's been coaching. I think it'll be his 30th year now there. So it's uh, kind of my blood, the blue and gold. My brother actually just graduated this past year, so I was fortunate enough to play alongside him for a couple of years. And my little brother's actually committed as well, so he'll be coming up. All Notre Dame guy. All Notre Dame. So next year, so when I'm a senior in two years, he could be a freshman, which would be pretty special to to have uh, be be able to play with both my brothers, so no kidding, that'd be awesome. That so, is great. Well, your dad's yeah. done a great job, obviously. Yeah, what kind of player was it. he? Uh, you never watched him. <laughs> you weren't old enough. No, and I don't think he'd tell you any different. He <laughs> wasn't a great one, but yes, he's got a, a nose for some good players. So absolutely, and raising them too. You're a third round pick of Chicago, and before we get to the Blackhawk thing, I got to just say this. So I was listening to the postgame show last night, leaving the Canada game, and they said we don't mind if the USA gets to the final. We don't want them to win it, but just leave that garbage can in the dressing room. And I'm like, it's still coming up. Can you talk about that garbage can? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it wasn't a garbage can. It got a little uh, twisted in the You tell in the us picture. the story because yeah, I watched it. I'm like, what are they doing? Yeah, so yeah. the story, the backstory. We uh, each tournament, there's like a new thing that kind of motivates us. And that year was the barrel, I guess uh, the story is, when you're crossing the Sahara Desert. There are these oil barrels, I guess. So every certain number of miles, they have a barrel to so you wouldn't get lost. And so we were always looking towards the next barrel, the next game. So that was, uh, yeah, kind of led to that picture. So after each game, we take a picture with that. So we have a new thing going in the locker room now. I don't, know if, I don't know if I'm allowed yes, to say it yet. So don't. I'll have to wait, but it will sure come out soon. You can literally see how we saw it. Yes. No, I, I can definitely understand how it got got misconstrued but yeah no it was all in uh good fun it was uh just our motivation so <clears throat> you all know right the viewers you know this they had a you know it looked like a garbage <laughs> can with team canada on it so we're like they're saying we're garbage so anyways it's, how often does that come up with you guys uh honestly we haven't talked about it much yeah I, okay. actually when it when it first came out we were like oh like oh I, we can see why it got got a little uh misinterpreted but yeah it was was not meant to to come off that way and before i just get to the actual hockey questions just you're sitting there you mentioned watching suits but you're watching tsn you're watching the sports channels and i was saying to julie robenheimer here yesterday she's sitting right there from elite prospects all we ever talk about in canada is team canada we don't know anything about the other teams that's got to be a bit of a motivation for you guys i would think 100 percent. yeah you know we're all following it too following the tournament seeing seeing what players stand out and you know obviously we got to want to focus at the game ahead but Canada's always in the back of our mind you know you're you want you want that that game to happen at some point so it's exciting we're, we're keeping tabs on those guys but yeah it gives us definitely an added sense of motivation just uh seeing everyone talk about team Canada and how good they are so obviously they're a great team but we're ready to show our stuff too sometimes I wonder if the media even understands that they're motivating the opposition by doing this but Let's talk about your role on this team. You would have just been a kid then two years ago with mm -hmm. Caulfield and Zegras and those guys. Now you're that guy. 
Mm. How is that just naturally happened? You took it upon yourself, or how do you see yourself in that room as now a vet? Yeah, it's pretty pretty awesome to play alongside some of those names: Caulfield, Boldy, Zegris, and uh, Spencer Knight. So just some great players that uh, obviously are having success, successful careers. But just learning from them what what they brought to the table on the ice, but also off the ice in leadership roles too. So i just taking little things from them and uh, trying to apply it now. And it's kind of crazy being a veteran now, you know, growing up, you watch the World Juniors and everything, you'd get to this age and now it's here. So it's it's kind of wild, my last crack at it. So I want to make the most of it. Well, you seem like a guy that's just, you're savoring every single second, right? right? What, sure. what, what have you enjoyed about being part of this tournament? Yeah, I mean, obviously it was crushing last uh december when it got canceled so once uh we heard the news it might be coming back texts were flying around we were excited to get back at it and just get another chance at it too and we have the chance the opportunity to go back to back gold medals which usa has never done before in this tournament so we're looking forward to that when you talk about caulfield and zegris and you mentioned spencer knight i spend half the year in florida i go to all the panthers games and i'm i think he should be florida's goalie instead of bob but you're probably not surprised at any of the success those guys are having. Not at all. It's not by accident. You know, those guys are the hardest working guys on and off the ice. You know, the preparation that goes into it, but also they, they push each other. And I think that's something that's special when you get this high caliber of a, a group together. Some of the top guys coming from all over the United States and you, you really push each other on the ice. And it's pretty special to see. Speaking about on the ice, uh, your opener was a 5-1 win over Germany on Tuesday night. And for those, I would I know some of our viewers would have been watching, not all, but there was a five-minute major in the game. Dom James was the kid on your team that got hit mm-hmm. in the head. The German defenseman got a five-minute major for that. Uh, what was you guys' perspective of how that went down? Yeah, obviously you never like to see a guy go down like that. It was awesome that he popped right back up, but he's doing okay, so it's good for good for us that he's a big part of our team so it's awesome to see that but yeah you know the officiating is a little different here at the tournament but you just got to get used to it and adapt to that because they're doing their best and we we just got to be ready to stay disciplined well you've only played one game do you have you had a sense of how this tournament's going to be called like they're going to call stick work are they going to call you know boarding over we know what is just a normal body check like what is the style yeah no we definitely talk about it quite a bit just watching video and stuff on different things you know you got to be careful of your stick for sure whenever it goes parallel you know they're going to call a slash or a hook or something so you just got to be careful and and finishing checks just make sure it's in good time you can't can't lay a late hit and make sure it's just all clean are you finding that the the officiating is generally the same bad or (laughs) or what no, I, I think uh, they're doing a good job. It's just they, they're pretty consistent. You know, you have to watch the other games just to get a feel. I'm sure the more games we play throughout this tournament, we'll get a better gauge and sense of how they're going to call it the rest of the time. Have you seen every team play yet? Uh, we've been keeping tabs, just uh, watching on TSN and stuff. So I think I've caught in a bit of each team so far. So it's exciting to see. There's a lot of good talent out there. Who is the surprise team for instance Mm. latvia last night taking canada to 5-2 i thought it would be 14-1 i'm glad it wasn't i wanted a good game but um what are you seeing out of some of these teams that you wouldn't expect much from yeah honestly all these teams that may uh, not have a lot of success are showing up and, and giving it their all you know they have a lot of pride they're playing for their country like latvia like you said they gave canada a good test and even even germany for us like it was a 5-1 game it didn't feel like that though they were they were playing hard there's a lot of a lot of good teams though you know you never know anyone can win any given game even i was watching the czech slovakia game like checks checks right there too they're, everyone's looking good so what do you know about 
your opponents tonight, Switzerland? Yeah, we had the exhibition against them, and I think uh, we ended up taking it to them, but they're, they're going to come back ready. They, they had a good game against Sweden, really took it to them, so it's exciting to, to have another opportunity at them. They're going to they're gonna come out flying, and we just have to be ready for their push. I promised your guy 10 minutes, so I won't keep you any longer. My last question is the Chicago Blackhawks. When you see them going into a, what looks like a full-on rebuild, like I would have thought Kirby Dock would be the centerpiece of a rebuild, but I guess he's not. Do you see that as opportunity for a guy like yourself, or what do you see with what the Blackhawks are doing? Yeah, definitely some opportunity. I'm excited to see where the organization is headed. I We actually had my first development camp due to COVID. I haven't been able to, to go to any, so had our first development camp couple weeks ago so it was exciting just to get a little taste of what it's like at the next level and uh, really like where they're headed I think they got a good program going there and good player development well they drafted well uh, in you Landon thanks for the time it's appreciate been great it. good luck yeah. we'll be watching appreciate it thank you so much Landon Slaggart of uh, Team USA joining us here you're good you're good yeah uh, on Game Plus television we got a few minutes left thank you we got a few minutes left before we take a time out here there is uh, some breaking news come down from the world of curling today. Olympic curling champion Eve Muirhead is retiring from the sport. The 32-year-old Muirhead secured Britain's only gold medal at this year's Winter Olympics in Beijing, having also won bronze in Sochi in 2014. By the way, if you can uh, bear with me for a second, I'm going to call up a sports update here, the latest. But I was... Lee Genier and I, our co-host here today, we're trying to sort out, we're like, who's famous from South Bend, Indiana? We're like, isn't David Letterman from South Bend? Well, we looked him up. He's from Indianapolis, apparently, but I always thought that David Letterman said he was from South Bend. Here are the famous people from South Bend, Indiana, besides Landon Slagger to Team USA. You can slide in here if you want. Dean Norris. Here comes Lee Genier. I'm back. Here, here he's back. I got it sliding. Right. There we go. Nice work in there, Jordan. Or whoever's doing it. If I said the name Dean Norris, does that mean anything to you? No. Do you watch Breaking Bad on Netflix? Oh, yeah. He's oh. the cop, the brother-in-law. How about that? So he's like the most famous guy from South Bend, Indiana. Because they say the most famous person is Vivica Fox. Do you know who that is? Who is that? She's an actress. No idea. Um, Chad Everett, Michael Warren, Dick Duroc, and John Bromfield. They're all actors. So Landon Slaggart might be uh, the most famous athlete to ever come from South Bend, Indiana. The viewers got to tell me, where's Larry Bird from? Isn't he from South Bend? Doesn't come up. It doesn't show. Uh, well, let's go to the big board. Let's go to the big board. Larry Bird is from French Lick, Indiana. Oh. I knew oh. it was something weird. So uh, Indiana's, well, David Letterman, Larry Bird, Landon Slaggart, they're producing some pretty interesting people out of there, Lee. Handing a heck of a football stadium. Uh-oh, uh-oh, breaking news. As I call up the newswire here, Tom Brady was excused from training camp today out of Tampa, Florida. The first of what Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach Todd Bowles said was a planned 11-day absence from the team to address personal things. Todd Bowles said the 45-year-old quarterback's break from practice was arranged before camp began, adding that Brady won't return until after the Bucs preseason game at Tennessee on August 20th. Todd Bowles said, quote, 
Tom has been excused today. He's going to deal with some personal things. This is something we talked about before training camp started. We allotted this time because he wanted to get in and out and get chemistry with the guys with two weeks of training camp. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, false alarm. It sounded pretty scary there for a second. We're going to chase down the story. I want to know why he's absent. It's personal. Hey, inquiry minds want to know. I know. At 45 years of age, he could be into a lot of things. He might have some sort of business deal on the go or something. Can you believe at 45 years he's doing this? Still playing? I love it. <laughs> so love do it. I. As I hope a, he plays till he can't play anymore. Yeah, well, as a couple of old guys, we definitely love it. Um, here we go. The aforementioned sports update. Team Canada continues round-robin action at the World Juniors today. When they take on Slovakia at 4 p.m. in Edmonton, the hosts opened the tournament with a 5-2 win over Latvia last night. Connor Bedard notched a goal and a helper for the Canadians. Speaking of Canadians, Bianca Andrescu and Felix Auger-Alassim have both reached the round of 16 at the National Bank Open. Andrescu takes on China's Zeng Kinwen on center court at Toronto. While Alex meets Britain's Cameron Norrie in Montreal. Norrie beat OJ Alassim in the semifinal of last week's Las Cabos Open. And I'll say it again. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers put their perfect 9-0 record on the line tonight against the visiting Montreal Alouettes. Winnipeg defeated Montreal 35-20 on the road last week. The last time the Bombers achieved a 10-0 start to the CFL season was in 1960. In the couple of minutes that we have left, and we have a lot of viewers in Winnipeg, and I appreciate you, Winnipeg, watching on Bell MTS Cable and also YouTube Live. Do you think they'll go 18-0? No. Why? No. Um, well, it's a long season. There's going to be injuries. Um, guys are going to be gunning for them. And, uh, you know, as the season goes on, like I say, things players wear down. Um, people, you know, coaches are really going to be reading them deeply. So, you know what? Uh, they're not going to go 18. I'll tell you something. I posted to rodpeterson.com picks for week 10 in the CFL. They weren't my picks, by the way. They were from the Canadian press and a writer by the name of Dan Ralph. But they have predicted the BC Lions to win at Calgary in a game that we haven't talked enough about here on the show. Our viewers voted at Canada's Game of the Week. Tell me what the Stamps are thinking coming off back-to-back -back losses to those Winnipeg Blue Bombers. It's their house, and BC's coming in there as a division rival. Like, I don't think Calgary is going to lose this game, although you said you think BC think will B win. I think BC is... Is Calgary not that good or what? I, will, I think Calgary's good. Um, you know what? I think they have some deficiencies, but uh, I think BC is going to come in here, and I think it's going to be a tight game, but I'm going with BC on Saturday. So that's based on... BC is just a better team. That's what you're saying? I think they are a better team right now. When's the last time the Calgary Stampeders would have lost three games in a row? Uh, you would have had to go back to, I'm trying to think, when they started off their season, a couple, where did they go? Was it just last year? They were one and five, weren't they? Yeah. So, How short our memories are. Yes. All right, Lee, thanks for sliding in. We may or may not see you back for overtime. I'm always around. I appreciate you. Uh, Serena will join us next to talk a little bit of World Juniors, a recap of last night, and a preview of today's Canada-Slovakia game. We're live from Rogers Place and the 2022 World Junior Hockey Championships. You're watching on Game Plus Television. 
YouTube Live. And you can always catch the podcast wherever the best podcasts are found, including Amazon, Google, Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. Broadcasting live from Rogers Place, where warm-up is underway behind me. Cheshire versus Finland at 12 p.m. Mountain on TSN. Later on, Canada versus Slovakia and the USA up against Switzerland. That is at 8 p.m. Mountain. By the way, before we bring on Serena, River Cree brings you the best in live entertainment. September 9th, Tim Hicks, 0-60 Tour 2022. Delivering track after track with unparalleled quality and consistency. Hicks' ascent is an elite chart-topping act since making his country label debut in 2013 is undeniable. September 9th at River Creek. All right, Serena Taylor, our hockey analyst, joins us now on uh, video chat, and we're going to talk about Canada's win last night. Serena, they're 1-0 following a 5-2 victory over Latvia, but I think we both thought it would be a little more lopsided than that. What was your take on Canada's opener? Well, I feel like typically every year they do the same thing. They come out and they're not super hot. They got to get that one game under their belts. And I think they were they were obviously good enough, but I don't think we've seen the best of Canada yet. I was really looking forward to that top line with Mason McTavish and Connor Bedard and Joshua Roy. And I really feel like it was kind of disjointed the whole night. I think we're going to see a lot better from them. But I think everyone was trying to get their legs underneath them. I think that Dufour had a heck of a game, though. He was he played so well, as did Ridley Gregg. What? Well, Ridley Gregg was named the player of the game, and he's uh, obviously being shown on a reel, on a loop, with his one-handed goal for the highlight of the night on TSN SportsCenter. But this is the first chance you'd had to see Connor Bedard live and in person. He had a goal and an assist. We set the over-under for his points at 4.5, and he was under. What did you think of the Wonder Boy? Well, I thought that I was expecting Canada to probably get at least seven or eight goals. To be fair, they probably should have um, had they played a strong game. With Bedard, I don't think he was on his best game last night. I feel like he's extremely talented, and... He definitely plays really, really well. But like I said, I think there was just a little bit of discombobulation throughout the whole line and the whole team. And I don't think that's the best that Bedard can play. Um, I'm expecting a little bit more out of him. And I know he'll bring it. What does it say as a Canadian hockey team that they seem to only play as hard as they had to against Latvia? Like... How many more gears up do you think they can kick it? Or or, or was that more of the Team Canada that we're going to see throughout this tournament? To answer the second question first, I don't know. We never really know. It's always it's always changing in a tournament like this. But I feel like when... I feel like Lazio plays an interesting style of hockey. I'm not sure they really have a style, to be fair. I feel like when they played Finland the other night, they played a similar type game where they were kind of just scrappy and just kind of getting the job done 
And when you're the opposing team, no matter how good you are, I feel like it's always very difficult to play a team like that. It's not a finesse game when you play a team like Latvia. I'm expecting a little bit different of a Canadian team when they play Slovakia later today, when they play Finland next week. It's going to be completely different. Yeah, it was interesting, by the way. We watched the game together last night, and uh, with the officiating calls, we just had Landon Slaggard here from Team USA, and he said they've had to watch video of what calls are being made by the officials in all the games, not just their own. How would you describe this officiating so far in this tournament? Is there a certain style to it, do you think? Would you give it a grade? Your thoughts on that topic? I would say that it's probably confusing more than anything. I watched what Landon just said in your last interview, and you and I were talking the other night about that call in their game. And even I was like, even the U.S. looks like confused. Like, we don't really know how to handle this situation where they're they're doing a replay on this penalty call. And even last night, Canada got a delay a game penalty. And we both saw the replay many times in the rink where he just pushed the puck away. He didn't cover it with his hand. And nobody really knew what was going on. And even Landon said that they have to adjust The fans obviously have to adjust. Canadians are used to watching such a completely different style of officiating. They're just a lot more, it's a lot more aggressive of a game in Canada from the bottom up. So I think that we're just going to, just like we always do in international tournaments, we have to get used to the officiating potentially being more of a factor than what we're used to. Actually, I was going to ask you that. You've been watching the World Juniors your whole entire life. It would be a shame if one of these games came down to a call. The games largely have been pretty lopsided. We've talked about the scores uh, so far. I think there's only been one one goal game so far, but do you expect the officiating to sort of stabilize and be predictable, or is this something the teams are just going to have to work around for the rest of this tournament? I think they'll just have to work around it and adapt like we do every time we're in international competition. Uh, Our poll question today, Serena, about Uh, Our poll question today, by the way, is will Canada lose a game at the World Junior Tournament the rest of the way? And we're not just talking round robin. We're talking all through the quarterfinals and the medal round. What do you think Canada's chances are of going, of running the table here in this tournament? (laughs) It's honestly, I feel like it's too early to tell. Um, The way we played last night, I don't predict us going unbeaten in this tournament. However, it depends if we start kicking it up a notch. We seem to be lucky where each game that we have coming up, the team that we're playing gets a little bit harder and more challenging and more challenging. So by the time we get to the quarterfinals, we may, if we do lose, it will be against Finland, but I don't think we'll lose in the round robin. Well, that is uh, on Saturday, of course. And listen, you've got your Oilers jacket on, and we talked about Little Ben Stelter last hour with Bryn Griffiths um, passing away at the age of six on Tuesday night. Obviously, yeah, it was a tough one for all the Oilers fans of which you're in that crew. Um, that kid left a lasting impact. But I just I want you to convey to our viewers, if you don't mind, the sort of the pall that's over this city since the news of Ben's passing. That was quite a story. You know, maybe it's just because I'm an Oilers fan, but I don't think there's too many other teams out there that their fans and their team rally around something like Oilers fans do. You know, walking around the rink yesterday, all of the Oilers stuff that's around the rink, I mean, this city is just focused around this team and always has been. And, you know, we saw it with Joey Moss. We saw it with Colby Cave. All of these things, and this one, this one hit 
really, really hard. And it's even, it's not just on TSN here. It's on the local CTV news. I mean, this is a big deal. And it's just so hard for this city with things like this happen because Oilers fans put their heart and soul into every single thing. And I think that's what's really, it's really tough. It's hard. And that's why I wanted to acknowledge uh, Ben on the program today because he's quite a fighter and he'll never be forgotten. Good job, Serena. Appreciate it. See you soon. Thanks, Roddy. Have a great day. Before a break, uh, a sports update. The Montreal Alouettes will be looking to avenge their loss last week and put an end to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers' perfect 9-0 season tonight. Winnipeg defeated Montreal 35-20 on the road last week behind a strong fourth quarter that saw them break a 14-14 tie after three quarters with a three-touchdown fourth quarter before the 2-6 and six Alouettes could score again. That is a 6.30 Mountain, 7.30 Central kickoff tonight at IG Field. The Toronto Blue Jays will look again, uh, will look ahead to tomorrow's game against the Cleveland Guardians after their game against the Baltimore Orioles Wednesday night was postponed due to rain. The game will be made up on September 5th in a doubleheader in Baltimore. The Blue Jays currently hold the top American League wildcard spot with a record of 60 and 50. This sports update brought to you by Woodbine's Dark Horse Bets app. Bring the thrill of the track to your fingertips with Dark Horse. AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets. Straight out of the gate, feel the excitement of live stream horse races wherever you go. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. It's available for Android and Apple devices. Also, for Ballers Rec Room, your official home of Slow Pitch, open Wednesday to Sunday. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. We'll be back with viewer takeover right after this final timeout. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network, YouTube Live, of course, and 24-hour streaming sports radio, streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. All right, everybody. Uh, welcome back. And uh, it is overtime brought to you by the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the UFC and the World Junior Hockey Championship. Nine hours of hockey daily. What more could you ask for? By the way, Lee saw me looking in the chat and laughing in the break. You don't know why. Here's why. My cousin Christine in Medicine Hat had a question for Landon Slaggard, who was here earlier from Team USA. Chris says, has Landon heard about Bedard much? He's probably so sick of Connor Bedard. Wouldn't you think any opposition is? Oh, absolutely, yeah, right? It's what putting a big target on. It's all you hear about every day, which, quite frankly, I'll be honest, man, you've been around athletes your whole life, as have I. The fact that Bedard comes out and answers the bell, let's remember he's still underage for this tournament. He could be in the under-18s. He's eligible there. He's playing up with the big boys. And he's leading the tournament in scoring already. Yeah, he put up two points last night. Yeah, so has he? have they heard much about Connor Bedard? It's all they've heard. And believe me, they would love to shut him down. Interesting stories come out here. I want Lee's take on this from... And we're not sure this is accurate, although Justin Duncan, Three Down Nation's rarely wrong, frankly. Uh, it, the headline is, Former 
Expect former CFL quarterback Chris Strebler to chase NFL pension for as long as possible. The story reads like this. Former CFL quarterback Chris Strebler wants to secure his NFL retirement package. Strebler has spent two seasons south of the border since signing with the Cardinals in Arizona February 2020. He needs to be active for six more games to obtain his NFL pension, which is part of the reason why the 27-year-old has continued to be focused on staying in the NFL. NFL players need to accrue three seasons to become vested for an NFL pension, which provides 19800 U.S. annually for life. Compensation is supposed to increase to 22000 annually in 2025 based on expected upward trends in league revenue. But we're not confident that that figures. You know, I'm, I, I thought it was per month because I know uh, players that are making 20000 a month. Can you imagine? Do you, you, you clearly don't want to name who those players are, and I know who they are. But can you, do you think? I don't think Strebler would be eligible for twenty thousand a month. I think Dunk probably has it right. I mean, the guy that you're talking about specifically played in the NFL for quite a long time as a D lineman, and he's getting twenty thousand a month. But Strebler's only been in the year in the league for two years. Yeah, I'm going to get backup they, quarterback. Yeah, I'm going to guess they have a graduated system there to some degree. Of how many games you play, but. Um, you know, and I'd have to confirm, but I mean, I know, you know, I don't like to speak his name, but O.J. Simpson still making twenty twenty thousand dollars a month for uh, that they could never touch. So that's what I'm kind of basing it off. We can look it up. Uh, I know Justin's not wrong very often, but nineteen thousand a year uh, seems very low to me. Loving the feedback from our viewers. Um, Kelly McDonald is watching on Game Plus TV in Regina and says, I'm thinking John Gruden is from South Bend, Indiana. I just went to the big board. He's from Sandusky, Ohio. How about that? Or is it Sandusky, Indiana? Hang on. I got it right here. Sandusky, Ohio. Yeah. So, no. Landon Slaggart is on the verge of being the most famous athlete ever from South Bend, Indiana. Can you imagine being born and bred there? Well, his dad's a coach. Quite a story. That's a good story. I should, I should have asked him who his all-time favorite Notre Dame football player is. Uh, Jack Fulton. Appreciate you, Jack, for correcting me. He says, Rod, the Stamps won last week. So if BC wins, it won't be three losses in a row. Good point. They won in Ottawa. I still think Calgary beats BC on Saturday. You want to put a lunch on it? Let's do it. Wagering does make things a lot more fun, doesn't it? <laughs> All right. I'm just saying the over-under last night on Bedard's points of 4.5 really had me hanging in right to the end of the game, yeah. which was just our own little fun 4.5. But you can always uh, sign up at betregal.ca. You can bet on the World Juniors at betregal.ca. I'm just going to put that out there. If you're, if that's something you might be interested in, Dougal Cameron watching in Calgary says, "I gave up my Stampeders." No, no, he says Ambrosi is way past his expiry date. Do you want me to weigh in on that? Please do. We got time. Uh, I, uh, I think this is Randy Ambrosi's last year in the CFL as commissioner. What makes you say that? That is just a gut feeling I have that this is his last year. So I'm going to go on record and say that. Well, we've talked about this quite a bit because every time you say that, I say, do you have inside knowledge? And you don't. You just have a feeling. I have a feeling. 
I'm rarely wrong about my feelings. You are rarely wrong, um, but when you think about the problems of the CFL, of which there are many, I, you know, I'd love to sit down with Randy Ambrosi over a coffee, which I've done, incidentally, but it's not been for some time, and just say, what's, what's the deal, man? What's the deal? Because I wonder, well, can we say that the Global Initiative was his idea? Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly you can say it was for sure because I know I was uh, you know I was sitting in a, in a skybox in Hamilton chatting with him. There was um, some personnel from around the world in the in the skybox that night talking about the global initiative. I know what it's meant to do was no you know it was really born from the Yao Ming of building this great viewership from wherever these players come from. Has it materialized? It hasn't, along with a lot of other. Uh, initiatives as well or lack of initiatives so that's why that's why i'm saying this is randy's last year is um, this was a make or break year for the cfl and uh, i have not seen anything significant come out of this year like i say nathan rourke story great story uh it's great that winnipeg is drawing but every other team is really suffering ticket sales and a lack of marketing across this league. But there's got a lot of problems and it's a, it's a results based business. That's a fact. And the global initiative has failed and uh, nobody's going to dispute that. So uh, you could be correct. From Jennifer at the Four Seasons, have a great day. Uh, have a great day everyone. Go Canada, go. Um, so Randy in Winnipeg said good on the RP show for having players not just Team Canada on the show. Thank you to the World Juniors Committee for that. Loose, uh, Moose. Lee, we'll see you here tomorrow. Look forward to it. With the voice of the orders, Cam Moon, Eddie Steele, and more. Noon Eastern here on Game Plus. See you tomorrow. Who has more fun than us? Bingo! <laughs> Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Good one, Rod. Sold. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.